get really excited as um as people are heading out because um some people think of churches and um successful churches or churches that are doing really good things uh, they look at them and judge them according to their seating capacity and yet i realize that history and the word of god shows us very clearly that a much more successful and healthy and functioning church can be measured on their sending capacity. And so, um, yeah, it's exciting that these guys are going off. Now, I get also get the privilege of letting you know that um, Sandy Hart is going to Nepal in an, a few weeks. She's not uh, here today. She had to do a work training course, unfortunately. But Sandy, who's always immaculately dressed and normally wearing heels or stilettos of some some sort, uh, will be going for a, about a month to Nepal with Transform the Nations, um, who did a performance at Grace Church earlier in the year, or late last year, I think it might have been. Yeah, late last year. Um, and she'll be going there to treat some of the people living in the homes of Transform the Nations, most of whom have been um, rescued out of sex slavery. And so um, she'll be working with the girls that are there, which is um, really exciting. Uh, she is a nurse, sorry. The training she's doing today is trauma training. Um, yeah. So that's very cool. The other, the last trip I get to tell you about is in January. Um, yeah, so around about the 13th to the 25th, 26th or so, uh, there'll be a trip, a t- group of us going to India, um, going into West Bengal to visit Pastor James, who's come and ministered here several years ago. Uh, it's the base that I was at where we have a training school and poss- hopefully also going into Assam where we have some small church plants. So keep your eyes out for that. Uh, start saving your pennies. Start um, praying about it because God can make it happen. And so, um, yeah, let me know if you're interested, and we'll start to get that locked down very shortly. Very cool. I'm excited. Anybody else excited? Excellent. Um, can everybody just jump up for a second? Do a bit of a stretch, have a bit of a wiggle. Yeah. And, um, and can we all pray for... This morning, for um, the guys going off and for ourselves as we come to hear something of the Word of God that we will have, as Pastor Barry put it, um, soft hearts and sharp minds. Let's all pray. Thank you, God. God is good. God is very good, and I, I like that song, that, you know, he is a good, good father. Um, where to go from here? I, I have the privilege of preaching to you this morning, which I do consider a privilege. Um, to have the opportunity to build up the body of Christ is a great honor. 
and I pray that that happens this morning. Um, it's really quite funny that I've, because of the work that I've done in India and Solomons and that, I've, I get to preach a bit overseas, and then when I get to come home, it, it's almost intimidating when I go, okay, well, I'm preaching to the people I know. It's, it's weird. So bear with me. Give me a bit of grace, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I do want to say that I'm, I'm excited and it is an honour to be able to share with you. Um, now, to start off with, I'm, I'm going to start with not so much the focus of today, but um, a few things that could have been the focus, um, a few sermons that could have been preached. And, um, of course, the, the best spot to start is salvation. The joy of relationship with God. Um, is sometimes you might hear people refer to the Roman road, which is a few scriptures in Romans that share the gospel of salvation. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, uh, for if I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Christ Jesus is Lord, I will be saved. Um, why would I talk about salvation? Well, without him we're stuffed, basically. Pardon the language, but without God, what hope do we have? Um, I thank God that all of my life I've had hope in him. Um, I know for many others, they have a great testimony of the day that they met Jesus. And sometimes I get jealous of them and then I turn around and go, no, I'm actually pretty glad that I've always had hope in Christ and uh, a purpose in it all. So I could have preached about salvation, uh, the new creation realities. Um, that we are, the old is gone, the new is come, the, that we've been transformed by God in our lives, the depths of the fact that we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus our Lord. These are massive things, and um, they're an important thing to talk about. Because without knowing what is done for our lives, we'll never display the transformative power of God through living that out. And so I could have quite happily spent hours talking to you about the, these new creation realities. And they would have been good hours spent. But I'm not going to share so much on them. I could have spent, again... So much sharing about grace, about the depths of the fact that God did the work. Because we as Christians, and I speak of course of myself, we constantly default back to what can I do or what, what I should have to do as part of all of this. Uh, we default back to a legalism that's not that helpful when you look at the truth of the word. And so the 
constant reminder about the massive depths of grace is important. I could have shared step by step about Jesus' life and death on the cross. He is our Lord and our Master and Saviour. And of course, we need to know all about Him. Hopefully, at this stage, we already do know something of Him. And if you don't, come and talk to me afterwards. (laughs) Again, talking about Jesus' life, arrest, trial and death on the cross and resurrection is great time spent. So there were a few different topics that I could have shared about. And then the next sort of thing that as having the opportunity to preach, you go, okay, so if there's not a particular topic that I want, want to hit home on, what about a particular passage? You know, and I think of Ezekiel chapter uh, 36, verses 20 to 27 or 29, where it talks about, for God's great name's sake, him turning the hearts of stone into the hearts of flesh. And then um, the, by the sprinkling of the water, we are cleaned as God cleans us. That, as, that was the one that I preached for about an hour and a half on in Solomon Islands. Um, it might have been part of the one that was even longer than that in India, but I'm not sure. But I love that passage. There's so much truth in there. Um, John 4 and the woman at the well. And we, I would love to share all about the transforma- transformation of a community through meeting Christ through a willing vessel. A woman whose life was radically turned upside down just by a conversation with the king. I'd love to spend hours delving into Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. And again, great riches of what's in there. Colossians verse 1, 27 through to chapter 3, verse 5, keeps on highlighting that I am in Christ and Christ is in me. Paul talks about it as Christ in me, the hope of glory. A great mystery that we have to get our head around. These are exciting things. These are life-changing things. Each one of them is a a massive and powerful thing. And um, then I think of another passage which just... As, can we close the curtains, please? Um, another passage that I love that has transformed my life and should transform all of our lives in some way, um, which we're going we're gonna to watch, actually. Um, yeah, Psalm 67, if you want to have a flick through and open it up as, it, as we see it. God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine.
Make it. 
to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us that your ways may be known on earth your salvation among all nations may the peoples praise you O God may all the peoples praise you may the nations be glad and sing for joy for you rule the peoples justly and to guide the nations of things may the peoples praise you O God may the peoples praise you may the peoples praise you May all the peoples praise you, then the land will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us, and all the ends of the earth will fear Him. Gentile has leprosy and she says well you've tried all these other ways of getting healed why don't you try talking to the finding out from the God the great God go and see the prophet a servant girl we don't we don't even know her name she was willing We could talk about how we're called to him and that we're sent by him. There's no middle ground. People, people sort of think that there, well, there's, you've got non-believers, and then you've got believers, and then you've got disciples, and then you've got people in ministry. This, the Bible doesn't say that. You've got non-believers, and you've got missionaries. You've got people who need Jesus, people who tell others about Jesus. There's no, if, you, if you're looking for a mediocre faith, go choose a different one, because Christianity is not it. Not unless you've got a 
warped version of Christianity. Um, you guys have probably heard me already share about 2 Corinthians chapter 5, how the old is gone and the new has come, or we've been made new. But it keeps going after verse 17. Lots of people know verse 17. But look at 18, 19, 20, 21, how we've been made am- made his ambassadors. We've been given the message of reconciliation. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation. As though Christ would make his or as though God would make his appeal through us be reconciled to God. Um some people complicate doing missions. Some people complicate sharing their faith. That's what it is. It's telling people that they need to get right with God. That's all. Because once they're right with God, then they'll tell others. Let's find ways. Let's not mess it up in our heads. We've been given the message. We've been given the ministry. Not the pastor or preacher or the whoever. We, as a believer in Christ, have the message and the ministry of reconciliation. We are ambassadors in his majesty's service. Not the queen, far greater than the queen. The king. The king of kings and the lord of lords. And the video sort of points out, from an Old Testament scripture, the great truth we could talk about in Matthew 24. That all nations, uh, that this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all nations and then the end shall come. That is highlighted again in Revelation 5.9 and 7.9. And there, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb, there was a cr- I'm messing, mixing the two verses up now, but there was a crowd so great that no one could multitude, a multitude so great that no one could number from every tribe and nation and people and language. They've all got to hear, not just some. And we we know that. Rod during communion. Talked about wanting to do better than the rocks. I could have looked at Psalm 96, which is another one of those ones that I love, where it talks about the sea praising the Lord. And it talks about the field praising the Lord. The forest is for his glory. The stars. These inanimate objects were created to worship the king. How much more is he worthy of the praise of the nations? Our praise. They're just... So there's all the different things that I could have talked about. Um, Things that are passionate to me and to us as Christians, as disciples, as ministers... Of the gospel. The fact that we have an opportunity because of what he's done for us 
we can share that with others. Now I want to I want to show us a photo um, of a lady. Pete, okay, so people accused me of going around the world and collecting grandmothers. This is not one of those ladies. This is just a lady that I've um, read about in a book, her book, uh, called Hospital by the River. Catherine Hamlin um, is 92 years old. She's still alive. I'm not sure whether she resides in Ethiopia or in Sydney, where she was born. But Catherine Hamlin, uh, yes, was born in 1924 as a 92-year-old. She grew up in Ryde went to the University of Sydney and um, started working at the Crown Street Women's Hospital, if anybody remembers that, although it shut down years ago, so possibly not. In 1950, she married the, the chief, sir, chief of the hospital, Dr. Reginald Hamlin, and so the, the pair of them were obstetricians. Well, in 59 or 57, I think, she, she read an article, as you do in magazines, and there was the Ethiopian government wanting obstetricians to come and help ladies suffering with fistulas. Now, for them, at the time, they, even though they were obstetricians, they'd never seen some, a, pa- a fistula patient, which is because in Western society... It, quite a rarity now where during birth or during during the pregnancy not everything goes well um, sometimes it's more more comes out than just the baby and the doctors don't know what to do with it and other times not enough comes out and women end up with um, with a something dead inside them not not just a child but organs or different things and that rots away and they become incontinent and they become ostracised by their community. They, they live in the grass hut and nobody goes near them anymore because they're sick. And it could be weeks, it could be months, and some, some of them it's even years before they die a painful and miserable death. So Catherine and her husband went, well, we think God might want us there. And they set up the hospital by the river. Um, and in the next photo, you'll see her with some, some girls and some um, women that they've helped over the years. Uh, over 34,000. This 92-year-old still works and... Uh, well, she I, I don't know where she's up to now, but her husband died... 23 years ago and she's still been working since then as powerful testimony of people who said no God's got us for a reason now they didn't go because of just a love for humanity even though they do love humanity they went because of their king our king, the same king. Now the next photo is not so, not so happy. Um, as I say, 
Catherine's um, still alive and kicking as a 92-year-old, which is pretty awesome. But the next guys, Dr. Ken and Jocelyn Elliott. Um, some of you might get the Australian Prayer Network emails from around the world. These guys were taken captive um, in January, I believe, and she was released in February. Um, there, Ken is 84, I think, now. Um, they're working in Burkina, in Burkina Faso, in Juba, uh, but they believe they've been taken across the border. He's been held by terrorists for months now. And so the prayer network email was reminding us to keep praying for his release. Which we will do. It's, um, well, no, which I'll encourage you to do at some stage. Where do we go with guys like this? What do we, how do we get our head around this? I guess to say that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Um, just a few fast facts about the first 12, that great cloud of the 12 apostles. Um, Peter, we know, went to Greek and Roman cities and he was crucified as a martyr in Rome. Andrew was a missionary to the land of the man-eaters. Uh, Russia, Eastern Europe, Finland, Iraq and Iran, Turkey, and he was crucified in Greece, Edessa. James, the son of De Zebedee, was killed by Herod in Acts chapter 12. John, his brother, um, preached, preached in India, they believe. Um, and he's believed to be the only one who died of old age in, on Patmos. Philip went to Tunisia, then Asia Minor. He was scourged, imprisoned and crucified in Heliopolis. Um, and I can go through the other disciples. And then Paul, Luke, Jude, Jesus' half-brother, Mark, Matthias, other than Judas, um, who didn't die as a martyr, these guys all gave their lives for the faith. Um, that inspires me, that challenges me, because it's easy in our comfortable and relatively comfortable culture to think that God is all about us and he is. His heart towards us is massive, immeasurable, glorious. His heart's for the nations too. His, heart's, his heart is so big that it's not just for you, which it is all for you, but it's also for the person sitting beside you. And it's also for that empty chair beside them. That's somebody who's a workmate or a colleague or, well, workmates are colleagues, or a neighbour, or a family member. God's heart is so great that he's called you and me 
to be part of fulfilling that heart, part of working out his kingdom on earth. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and I'll finish with this, says that, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let us cast other things off. Let us look to Jesus. He had a joy set before him. And that was how he ran. Catherine Hamlin has a joy set before her. And that's why she's been running these 92 years. Ken and um, his wife have a joy. The apostles. Missionaries in history. People who've inspired you along the way have had a joy set before them. And so I would encourage us all to look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Constantly, not just a little bit. Not just occasionally, not just when we can. We need to be deliberate about prioritising, looking to him. God, we thank you that you've done so much for us. I thank you that you are my good, good father. Lord, you have given us joy. You've given us provision. You've given us life. You've given us purpose. You've given us so much. Help us see the joy that is set before us as we look to you, as we keep in focus your son, as we remember eternity and the nations praising you there. Lord, use us. Call us. Prepare us. Send us. to those of other cultures in our street or in our workplace, to friends and family who don't know you. Lord, for the joy set before us, for your joy in knowing the nations praising you, for your joy in knowing your kingdom is being established and expanded in this earth. Lord, Use us in this task. Use us for your glory. Use us with joy.